Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Nicks? What the fuck, Tuplets? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast. It goes on and on. The podcast keeps going every Monday and Thursday for many, many years. WTF podcast established EST period 2009. And we go and keep going. Always a new show every Monday and Thursday with all different people to talk to. What am I doing? Why am I talking like this? Established, founded, founded in 2009. Relax, will you? Today I'm going to talk to uh, Hassan Minhaj. Uh, You know him. He's the the old Daily Show correspondent. He had his own Netflix show, Patriot Act. Had a Netflix stand-up special, Homecoming King. And uh, right now he's... uh, He's in uh, season two of the morning show on Apple TV. He's touring. But it's interesting to talk to these young guys. I, I start to think about ambition, the nature of ambition, the nature of my own ambition. What does my ambition look like? Is, is ambition something that we all have? Is it, I know one thing, that there is a type of person who might be mildly creative or creative enough that is so consumed with ambition, that they begin to believe that ambition in and of itself is a point of view, which it is not. Ambition is not a point of view. I think ambition, you know what? Let's look it up. I'm curious. There you go. A strong desire to do or to achieve something typically requiring determination and hard work. Okay. Okay. Well, I guess I I have that. But I don't know that I really think about it in that way. I get very myopic in terms of, of things that I want to do. But I, I don't, I guess it's it's about the payoff. What What is the ambition? What is your ambition? What is it to win? Is it to succeed beyond your wildest dreams? Is it to own a jet, to have a plane? Like I was never really that kind of guy. It wasn't even about money or things. Because when I think about it, It just was about being heard and, uh, you know, getting my my thoughts across, my point of view across. You know, I I wanted to succeed, but it was it was vague. The markers were not a big house. The markers were not a big car. The markers were not about winning some competition. It was all internal. 
because I, I've been thinking about it a lot lately. Because I, I talked to Hassan today, and next week I think I, I'm going to put up a Ricky Velez uh, interview. He's another comic, and just about you know the way these guys talk about starting out and what their their goals were, and thinking back on what mine were and where I am at. You know, obviously in terms of uh, creating product for the masses and having a certain amount of entertainment business success, you look at someone like Hassan and he's definitely had it uh, and he definitely guns for it. And, and it's definitely, you know, what he does, you know, in terms of, you know, not just comedy, but uh, acting and uh, his own show the and, and also, uh, you know, presenting his cultural uh, analysis. I mean, these are all things I do. And am I comparing myself to him? No, but I'm just kind of curious as to the drive shaft of of ambition and who I was when I was a younger comic. But, you know, some people are all, all about ambition. And sometimes ambition, and I've said this before, I believe, like with minimal talent can land you somewhere close to where you want to go. Ultimately, you know, time will tell whether you can do the gig or do the job or show up for it. But sometimes just pure ambition is enough for people to, uh, to, to, to sort of move through and, and kind of, um, you know, if you, if you have a, 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 an almost, um, an intense or, or sort of energetic or furious ambition, uh, you can dupe most people into thinking you've got it. That's for sure. But with me, like, Specifically in talking about when I started doing comedy, like I talk about it with uh, Hassan, you know, and I also talked about it with Ricky Velez, which you'll hear next week. There was this, they have this drive where they like, they want to play the garden. You know, they want to crush every time. It's about crushing. You know, go out there and crush. Don't you want to play the garden? I don't. I, I never did. I never thought about it. You know, when I do think about it, I'm like, it's too, like, what would I, you know, it's, it, I can't do what I believe I like to do in, even now I'm pulling back from doing theaters that I could sell out to do smaller places so I can do what I do, which is connect, which is connect and be one mind. It's not about laugh to laugh. At some point, you know, I realized that, you know, getting laughs in a bing, 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 bing. There was always this rule that hung over all of us. You, know, you got to get a laugh every 30 seconds. There's this like unspoken rule. Get the laugh every 30 seconds. Close big. And I know those rules. And when I started, you wanted to kill. You know, you do 10, 15, 10 minute sets, 15 minute sets. You want to close big. You want to kill. You want it all the way. And I did that work. But like was killing what it was about. And I don't think so. And I think I've talked about this before. I think that most of my ambition, all I knew is I wanted to be a great comic. And, and I don't know what determined that. And I'm still not exactly sure what determines that because I'm still not exactly sure that I'm exactly where I need to be. I know I'm doing the best work I, I've ever done and I'm taking chances. You know, but what determines being a great comic? Is it self-declaration? You know, is it someone saying like, you know, I'm the goat? Are there moments, are there hours where, you know, you know who is transcendent? I know who is transcendent for me. And I know what makes a great comic. But for me, it was more, the ambition was to, to get my thoughts across, 
to express myself fully and to be seen for who I am. Now, I didn't know who I was at the beginning, and I don't think many of us do as comics, but I don't think I knew as a person. So it was really building who I was on stage as a comic. And it's taken me as long as it's taken me. But for me, it's not about the crush. It's about the moments that transcend time and space that you don't see coming, that you don't know that are going to happen. Like last night I was on stage at the comedy store. It was sticking with me, this whole idea of crushing. After talking to uh, Hassan and also uh, Ricky and then fucking dealing with uh, Andrew Santino texting. And I was like, I was at the store the other night and I followed Jesus Trejo. And he just, like, these are young guys. And Trejo just fucking killed like, and it was just this, like, groove where, you know, he just been, you know, I can hear it. I've been doing this for all my life. You know, just the, the well-honed jokes, the one after the other. And you get into that groove, and it's just like, boom, 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 boom. And it's just, it's beautiful to watch. It's beautiful to hear. And after talking to these guys and then, you know, following Jesus the other night, you know, I, I had to ask myself, you know, am I, do I do that anymore? Can I do that anymore? Do I give a shit about that? Am I avoiding it? Aren't I a comic? Aren't I a seasoned veteran? Is that what is important? Like, I'm still, I'm at this fucking stage in my goddamn career, this many years in, and I'm like, do I need to kill more? <laughs> is, what, is all this like thoughtful, kind of like, you know, social commentary, personal revelation, you know, dark, you know, emotional uh, unpacking of things we we don't like to talk about. Is that is that relevant? Is that is that am I still doing the comedy? Can I still fucking kill or what? I do well. But like, do I think about killing? Not really. I want things to land. But man, it got in my head, man. It got in my head, you know. I'm talking to my friend Kit. I'm like, I don't do jokes, man. I got, I don't do the joke to joke thing. And something happened, boy, last night because I, you know, it was stuck in my fucking craw. And uh, you know, and I just like right before I went on in the main room, I fucking put it together in my head like I always do. But I'm like, all right, I'm gonna fucking crush. I'm gonna fucking crush. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to crush with the jokes that I do with my shit because I can crush. <laughs> and uh, I went out there and fucking crushed. And uh, did it feel good? Sure. It felt good. Do I need to do it every time? I don't think so. I like gaps. I like to leave room. Like I even in the middle of crushing and I know I know I'm declaring this and this is like not I'm not trying to prove anything other than to myself that like, yes, yes. I, I do know how to crush. It was important to me. It is not everything, but fuck you, I can still crush. Like crush, crush. Dumb. What am I? It's like, see, this is this old man shit. It's just, it's just, it's just an old man trying to swing his dick around. This crushing business. But even in the middle of the crushing, I came up with this beautiful new piece, a, a new riff, a new beat. And it was, it had killed, and I had to literally stop, and I'm going like, oh my God, I never said that before. Can I have a second just to enjoy my brain? And that's the freedom of my brain. In that moment, something came down through it, and it was just a beautiful little beat, and that's freedom of mind. That's free thinking. That's untethered. That's uncontextualized. That's unpimped by the algorithm. That's fucking pure creativity. Yeah. You might want to make sure you hold on to some of that for yourself. Make sure every once in a while something actually comes 
from your heart and your mind in a moment. And it's yours. It's fucking yours. Crushing. Hassan Minhaj uh, is a comedian. He was the host of uh, the Patriot Act. He was a, a, uh, a correspondent on The Daily Show. He's now acting in the Apple TV uh, show, uh, The Morning Show, in its second season. And his King's Jester tour dates uh, are available at his website, hassanmenhaj.com, H-A-S-N-M-I-N-H-A-J.com. And uh, this is uh, me having a conversation with Hassan. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature. And now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Fox Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Fox Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts i don't know i mean you work pretty quick i mean i don't know where when you shot that special you asked one that was at the college in davis that was at mandavi center which is like a big beautiful yeah big beautiful performing arts center like i perform at the Kennedy Center? Yeah. You've probably I'm done doing, that. I'm doing that next week. Right. How so is it? So it's great. Yeah. What, the big room? The big room. It's great because uh, it's like built for acoustics. Yeah. So there's really no distance. Some ha- sometimes those halls that are really built well, you can do it, you know, and it's an honor. It feels exciting. Right. You've never played there? <laughs> never played. I did Carnegie. I did Carnegie Hall last year. Yeah, I didn't love it. years ago. You didn't love it. I mean, I was happy to be there, but I kind yeah. of, I kind of fucked myself. I, I don't think my hour was as tight as I wanted it to be, yeah. and I stayed on a really long time. And I, there's something about rooms that are over two thousand. I can feel it. I have to handle it. It's crowd control. Well, it's not. It's not just crowd control, but you can feel the edges sort of getting away from you. Like, is this getting all the way? to the back of the room, I start to feel like it's not connecting. Yeah, I get what you're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I mean, maybe you don't feel that, but no, I, no, I start no, no. to feel like like this is a lot. It's not, I don't, I, I I'm like- in the theater shows now, and I'll do this a couple times in the act. I go, back row, you guys okay? Right. And 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 a, a few people are like, why are you doing that? I'm like, because I when I look at those, and you look yeah, at the rear you proceedings, you see those little tiny exits. If I can see that tiny exit, what do I look like in relation sure, to that? Sure, sure. And are they laughing? Like, yeah. if you think of yourself at a show, like, would you... I don't know how the hell... Uh, when people go to comedy shows, I'm like, I don't even know what they're doing. So, like... <laughs> but, but if you were sitting in the back of a room, would you laugh? 
I, look, man, I, I, I was a civilian for a long time where like I didn't know if I would really even make it in this business. And I, I remember, I, I don't try to forget this. I know what it's like paying $85 plus $32 for ticket. $85? Yeah, plus $32 for Ticketmaster fees. I saw Russell Peters here at UCLA way in the back. Chris Spencer open. I told Russell this. I go, I saw you way in the back. Did you laugh? I was, I was witnessing at that level. You're just witnessing. Sure, exactly. Yeah. Right. Now, there's two things that, yeah. again, I don't know, It's you've been doing stand-up such, such a long time where, I don't know, do you remember that feeling? When you're a fan of somebody, yeah. the first feeling you have is, oh, he's real. Right. Because we exist as just avatars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first time you see, you go, no, no, he's actually like, yeah, yeah. can you believe it? He's yeah. here in Westwood. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you see him at a little club. Like, yeah. I remember going to a comedy club when I was in college. Yeah. And, uh. Like, you know, Paul Reiser was there, and I'd seen just seen Diner, and I was at the yeah. comic strip, or Eddie Murphy popped in, you're like, whoa! Right. right. But uh, I don't know. Like, and I so you're just witnessing the way they move, that they're in the flesh. Then the second thing you witness- I always I feel that, though. I've always felt, though, that comics were human. They're not like rock stars. I, they never struck me. Like, when I'd watch them in a movie or something, I, they always struck me as human. Really? The good ones, Yeah. They're not machines. Some of them are machines. But like when I saw Pryor in high school, then you couldn't be more wow. human than that guy. I mean, I saw him in the movies. Yeah. Like I saw a midnight showing of live in concert. And that's what changed my brain. Yeah. Like I never laughed so much in my fucking life at a movie of a guy doing stand up. Wow. But he always seemed human to me. And when I saw him in real life, he was more fragile than I thought, but he was older. But, but what's your, your point is, is like the excitement of seeing that they're real. Yeah, that's the first thing. Then the second thing I remember distinctly mm. is then seeing the pop of the crowd. Yeah. So, you know, all comics were more observers. You mean than... the real pop or the pop of them recognizing celebrity? No, the pop of that first big oh, joke. Right, of the joke. You know that right. first yeah, big yeah. uppercut yeah, yeah. where you yeah, get yeah. that first big applause right. break? Yeah. And you go, oh shit. Of applause breaks. I don't know. If I... <laughs> and I, yeah, I had to laugh. I can, I can sure. yeah. Yeah, but I was, you start to see people like kind of sometimes oh, yeah, on yeah, a big yeah. joke. They get they surprised. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I was witnessing that. With Russell. Yeah, exactly. Watching but with, him. But with like 3,000 people yeah. in 2005. Yeah. And I had, I was just an open micer at that point. And where I started in Sacramento at the punch. At the punch. Yeah. So uh, I went to UC Davis. Wait, first of all, Mark, I, I wanted to ask you this. I've known you a long time. I've kind you of have? observed you from the from the from yeah. the, from the sure. rear vestiges yeah. of the the comedy store. Right. What is your perception of me? <laughs> well, well, it's weird because because like, the uh, eye cannot see itself. No, I know, I know, but I, I mean, I like, I don't know, like, I, have you been hanging around the comedy store? I'm trying to remember. I think we met once. Maybe. I moved a long time when I got hired at the Daily Show. I moved a long time ago, but I, re but I was around a bit. What year was that? I moved to New York in 2014, and I have have not oh, so returned. I back was yet. around. Yeah. You were around. Yeah. But uh, and this is really when the podcast was really, really like just like started in 2009. It was starting it to take really off, taken right? off. I don't know yeah. that. I don't know that I I knew you as a stand up really, and I don't. I'm not sure because I didn't watch the Daily Show at that point, or, like it. ever really. Got it. But I knew that you were happening. Okay. You know, and I knew, and I watched some of the Patriot Act stuff. Okay. And then I watched the special, you know, recently because yeah. I knew I was going to talk to you. So I don't know that you were on my radar other than like a guy that was doing things. Got it. In 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 a righteous way. So I don't know that. <laughs> so I don't know that. Like I had a perception of you as a performer. I I was sort of like you have a you cut a real strong line with your beard. So like you know like yeah. there like the manicure of your beard. Yeah, it's yeah. It, it stood it gets out real to geometric. Me. Yeah. <laughs> and I and I kind of think like like what kind of guy pays that much attention to that line to the barber? Oh, it's a big deal. 
<laughs> you go down the rabbit hole, my friend. Yeah, who your barber is, and, and yeah, who's yeah, cutting your hair I, I is a big that, I, deal. I know that you got you're, you're pretty. Uh, you, you 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 hold everything pretty tight. Oh, you mean personally? No, I just all of it. The hair, the beard, okay, the style, <laughs> the watch. I mean, you know, you're gotcha. together, man. Gotcha. You're together. There's no there's no unraveling this guy. Okay, right. So that's the perception. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Okay. Like it's tight, right? Okay. What is the perception you think you're? Well, doing? I was just I was wondering. I was like, maybe if Mark saw the White House Correspondence Center or something, was like, who is this poofy-haired, big-eyed Indian kid? No. Because because we're we're culturally a very new thing. But our our community coming up and coming of age in in American mm. popular culture and comedy is a very new thing. Yeah, but oddly. You know, or I maybe you don't see it that way. Maybe you're just like, no, he's just a, he's just a comic guy. He's I, just a I, comic. I, I don't I don't know that I see it that way. You Got know, it. I I mean, which is good. No, 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 great. I mean, because like I've you know, look, man, I've talked to a lot of first generation people of gotcha. all kinds. Gotcha. And Indian uh, culture has always been sort of fascinating to me. You know, and and I've I'm kind of hung up on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just like I you have an odd obsession, but you won't visit, which is which is I weird. Find interesting. Yeah. yeah, but I like I actually have some of that soap right now. Someone gave me that soap. The okay. Changreet, or you know, oh the, gotcha, you know okay. that Ayurvedic soap. Oh boy, I know. And so my whole bathroom up there smells like a yeah. Indian store. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> smells like Queens. Yeah, yeah kind of. Right. But <laughs> uh, but yeah, but, but it's sort of food based, uh, you know, generally, and and Ganesh yeah. based, and but you know, yeah. I and the sort of uh, the way it all looks. But I've always been that's generally of, how they get you Americans. You know what I mean? Sure, like, man. Like, yeah, they're just like, all right, we'll go. We'll start with yoga and yeah. And, but I and well, I'm not so way. much yoga, but I do like uh, Nag Champa. But that guy's you know a dubious character. Sure, sure, sure. The Nag Champa guy, isn't yeah. he? <laughs> I don't know what it, what his story is. Yeah. So I don't know that if it was you registered as a as an Indian necessarily, and I in in not really with as Russell. a comic. Did it, did it, did it, did I register as a comic? Oh, he's a comedian. Yeah, of course. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, you know, there's there's been other a few Indians, but they but they were not you know progressive Indians. So <laughs> okay, gotcha. you, know, you know Jerry Bednob. You know? Of course, I know Uncle Jerry. <laughs> he's Uncle Jerry. Uncle, to me. Is he? Yeah, of course. Did you talk to him? Yeah, of course. Oh, he's really? Got, you have yeah, to? Oh, come on, man. The old timers uh, always. So, so you sat down with Jerry and said, uh, "When did you t- decide to not wear the headdress oh, anymore?" Yeah. <laughs> Wait, how did you know it was time to take off the headdress? You know what's crazy, man? What? But, but but those guys are the ones that had to deal with Indiana Jones Hollywood. You know what I mean? Monkey brains. Oh, yeah, Hollywood. Sure, sure, sure. So like the the shoulders I stand on is it's it's really funny, man. When I when I talk to guys like him or even the the shit Maz Jabrani had to go through. Maz. When I talk to Ma, oh my yeah. god, man. And also like Aaron Cater, Just totally. And, and Ahmed, the things that they had to go through. So the 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 aperture. The aperture and the myomic, myopic nature that Hollywood had in reference to kind of like who can kind of culturally play in this playground was very narrow. And how they played, right? So they Correct. box you. Correct. They, you could play, but you got to, this is your box. Yeah. Right? So to see a show like Rami on Hulu or to see my yeah. show, yeah. it's, they're just like, we didn't know, we didn't think it was possible. And I said, I mean, it's only possible because of the kind of the groundwork you guys laid, just honestly. But I think, but I think that all cultures, like even the Jews, that after a certain point, yes. you know, there's an attempt to pass. Yeah. And then, then at some point, you know, you decide to own your heritage, Correct. right? And so, like, what's happening now culturally, I think, across the board is, at least in fiction, is that there is some integration going on. Yeah. And there's some embracing of diversity. Yeah. I don't know if it's bleeding into reality, yeah. but I think reality is much different and the lines are, are not as defined. I, I think that most people live among other people. 
Correct. And it's the way it is. But Correct. like, but now it's such a uh, on TV and in fiction and in in uh, storytelling, it's sort of like, look what we're doing. Yeah. Finally, we're letting the brown people talk. Is <laughs> yeah. this amazing? They have their own lives. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that don't center around us. <laughs> exactly. Can yeah. you believe it? So it's kind yeah. of uh, fascinating uh, to uh, to see, like, to to realize for me what's more fascinating is that you know that America is much more diverse than it admits, and 100%. and 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 that really is the future. And whatever's yeah. happening right now, culturally and politically is the freak out uh in in light of that yeah and and honestly like to, to me the 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 cool thing that i like that i'm seeing right now is the, the artists we've always been the weirdos hmm. you know when i first started going to the brainwash cafe in san francisco i know that you, place yeah you look at that open mic lineup and it probably you know you probably went i to, remember all those guys but it was it was a, it was oh a, comics were weirdos yeah yeah, yeah but yeah. it was an eclectic mix no i know like because it was sort of the thing about comedy is is like you can sort of do whatever you want whatever you want and and you yeah. know either it'll stick or it won't or you'll stick with it or you won't you'll be that weird that people remember like oh you remember that guy who came in with that hat and, yeah. You know. yeah so uh we were just talking about that last night me and ingram he was talking about somebody used to do a potluck at the store but i was just i looked up davis because i i've you know i've been there yeah but but you went to college there and yeah. there used to be a gig at a huge college bar there do you remember a comedy show that used to happen maybe monthly at davis yeah there was like there it was, it was yeah. in a giant i remember it being in a bar though yeah like it's called a, the grad the grad yes that's it yes i had explosive diarrhea at the grad when i worked there <laughs> when i had oh, shit. that's what how, i remember how that. much did they pay I don't remember. I think it was like, you know, for the headliner, it feels like it might have been a $400 some gig like that. Yeah. Maybe. Does that sound right? Some, something like you that. You go with an opener. You know, funny enough, that was my sneak attack. That's how I really integrated myself in the San Francisco comedy scene. How? Well, what I would do is I would book shows at yeah. Davis. And I at would, the college. Correct. And I would... It, now, it wasn't at the grad. At the, it then shifted on, on campus. But, but they somehow... <laughs> The UC Regents gave me a credit card and ten thousand dollars, and so I could book ten or fifteen of these shows at five hundred dollars a pop. So let's go back though. So yeah. like you're like I watched this special, mm. and I, it seems to me that like you look, know, I've done one man shows yeah. you know, as opposed to you know just an hour of stand up. Yeah. I know. Don't you like it more? Sometimes I. It, oh, uh, you don't. Oh, you don't like it more. No, I do, but it's a it's a different thing. Yeah, it, like it really. Because I've tried both things and it really is a different thing. Gotcha. Because you know, what do you think you're better at? I think that's oh, the more well. I tried to, I tried to have themes in my standup. Like I, totally. I, I tried totally. to have callbacks and. And places you are a storyteller. Yeah, yeah. Fundamentally. Yeah, but I, you know the sort of arc of like you know I'm the character in this show and I go through some change and this is the turn at the beginning of the third act and now we're gonna land this thing. Yeah. It's okay. Uh -huh. You know I like it. I mean it. You know it was moving. But but I what I do know about standup and about doing those one man shows is sort of like you definitely have to edit reality and insert a certain emotional uh, sensitivity in sure. order to sell that fucking thing sure yeah. you, know, you know you have to on, so, on some level go like i was a lot more pissed off than this but that's not going to really fly. that's that's not going to really work because we're closing out act <laughs> to be and we're moving on to act three but let me just say this mark in defense <laughs> of, of those types of shows yeah at times i really feel like pure stand-up although it is beautiful is such a mixtape art form and what I mean by that yeah. is when you listen to a mixtape, it's just a grab bag of tracks. I guess so. And while it's emotionally very true, a lot of times artists, when they drop mixtapes, yep. they really were punched in and locked in in the sure. studio. It's an emotional flow, but not a story. Correct. Yeah. And, and I've watched both. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I've been like, 
and I've watched both from the perspective of, as a comic yeah. and as an audience member. Yeah. And sometimes when audience members leave those big stand-up shows, they go, man, that was fucking cool. And yeah, 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 but, what, it. but yeah. what was it about? Right, sure. That sure. was fucking cool. Or then no one joke. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, if that's what you're taking from my show, I'm, I'm extremely disappointed. No, I get that. I mean, yeah. I understand the storytelling. And also, you know, it's an immigrant story. It's a racism story. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, you you know, you know, you lucked out with uh, Facebook. You used diagrams. <laughs> you know, it's a full show. It's a sure. different thing. Sure, yeah. And you're using, and, and look. It's a I'm decision using, a comic makes. I'm, I'm lighting design, stage design, all those things. And, per, and, you know, to be honest with you, Mark, a lot of it just came after just failing as a stand-up. It just wasn't <laughs> well, working. That, well, that's what one-man shows are. <laughs> It, that's exactly it what was. they are. You know, how many how many Hassan Minhaj Conan submission V eight dot mov am I going to send in? You know, it's, it just wasn't clicking. Well, but but your chops were there. I mean, you didn't fail as a stand up in that you did the training. No, no, no. I, I had been doing it 11, 12 years. Right. At that point. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I, I get the urge to do a one person show, and it really is that moment where you're like. Uh, I can't just headline. Yeah, man. And I'm headlining B rooms or no one knows me as a headliner. And there's and there's so, and there's also a thing of just like look at your stance. Sometimes when I see you and you're perched up on that stool. Yeah. It's very different than watching say someone like Sebastian or watching someone <laughs> well, he's, like he's Godfrey. Yeah. Godfrey, Joe Coy. Yeah. They're working the room in a different way. Yeah. And so I, you know, it's. I've done that work though. I've done the moving. Oh, you did? How did of course. It, how did it go? Fine. Uh, I, I mean, I, I know how to move. Right. At some point, I I felt that. I found myself sitting down more when I was tanking. So like like as opposed to panic yeah. when I'm like when I'm not when jokes aren't working, yeah. I'll be like I'm just going to going to work against that yeah. and sit down. And then I realized that the idea, the device of sitting down creates an intimacy yes. in almost any environment. Correct. So I can work from there. And you're playing and to I your like strength. That. Yeah, yeah, they're coming to you. Yeah. And then uh, but then sometimes it doesn't, you know, I I don't feel I'm coming in and I'm I'm up. I'm moving. You're moving. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not adverse to you're moving. Like, you're, you're like, I'm not afraid of an act out. No. Yeah. But uh, so, da oh, anyway, so I'm like looking up that you went to UC Davis. Yeah. Like I had, I, I have a, an old housemate of mine from college as a teacher there. Wow. And I had to order his new book, which I'm not going to understand. Uh -huh. But then I looked at what you studied, which was what? Political. Policy, yeah. Yeah. I don't know that you would have taken classes with this guy, though he's a political guy, Joshua Clover. P perhaps I wasn't paying attention. Really? <laughs> yeah, man. I, I I really started really just focusing on stand up. I, I was a smart, capable kid. I was a speech and debate kid in high school. You were? Yeah. yeah tell me about that thing. Like the stuff in the show. Like the, the yeah. father thing seems it seems like you underplayed it. <laughs> Seems like this guy was yeah. more of a nightmare than he yeah, really went on. I think the chapter, two, the 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 chapter two, the B sides of it was, was was more of, you know, like like all I think sons with their dads. There's a lot of Simba Mufasa energy there of just like, and I think now that I've gotten older and now I have children of my own, yeah, I get it, I get it, man. I, I wouldn't wish, yeah, but like, I wouldn't wish this life on my kids. Are you fucking kidding me? But like, what was the story? I mean, these are professional people, right? I mean, because yeah. like, I don't, really, I didn't get really a sense of what your dad did. So, so he's a chemist. He's an organic chemist, and he worked as an organic chemist for about thirty five years in private. Uh, no, no, no. He was, he was a state worker. Both my, both my parents are like public state workers. My so mom works at the VA. What's an organic chemist do for the state? He was specifically- Is agriculture? Yeah, agriculture. So, yeah. I mean, if you want to get nerdy about yeah. it, it's specifically in regards to the pesticides they're putting on plants yeah. in California yeah. on almonds, on different- And hey, what- what is the efficacy of this? What is not the efficacy of this? All that sort of stuff. Real so where did he stuff. come from? Where did he learn? Where did he get his degree? He, he, he studied in India and then through- um, you know, in the in the late '60s, there was something called the uh, 
the Immigration Act of 1965, where the United States government wanted to bring over a lot of uh, college-educated students. Yeah. And that's where you saw an influx of a lot of East Asian immigrants. Yeah. My dad's a part of that. He came in 82. And he went right to California? He went right to California. His sister was there. And the Cal EPA was looking for you know, PhD candidates uh-huh. um, to do, you know, chemistry and yeah. organic chemistry and all that sort of stuff. My dad came over. I was born in 85. Yeah. And then, you know, he, he had that job. This is such a rare story now. He had that job for 35 years. So he was there since he since he was 20 something? C- correct. He came over in the no, 60s? No, no, he came, he came over. He came over in the 80s. He was oh, 30 something. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he came in 82. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so for my dad, I mean, his big thing with me was, I think he could see that I was a very capable, smart person. Yeah. So he was like, why would you perform in a basement for drunks? Yeah, I know. But like the, in, in the sort of like the the struggle from that, from what I, I just talked to, you know, David Chang the other day. Yeah. You know, and I've talked the restaurant to- restaurateur. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. And it's a Korean trip. Correct. I know a lot of the these the stories about these these fathers who- who come off as detached and have varying degrees of what would be emotional uh, uh, negligence bordering yeah. on abuse uh-huh. <laughs> that you know you guys have to put into perspective. Yeah. No. I look. I I I I know you might be be like, come on, man. He really fucked you up, didn't no, he? No, no, no. I don't think it fucked you up. I but think, I mean, like, I think I think he gave me two great things, man. And he, yeah. I, he's not wrong. That's the that's the thing. Can I About go back? What first was his analysis. Kid, are you really gonna make it? When does this start? This conversation. This this starts around t- two thousand six, two thousand seven. So you're, but yeah, what I'm, about, I'm a junior in college. But what about when in high school? Like, what about when you're a little kid? Yeah. I mean, I know all the jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. about you know, like you, you got to be pre med and all sort of right, 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 yeah. right. Yeah, okay. but I mean, but was there a, a was there and your mother wasn't around for your first what? Yeah, she was She was back and forth. She was obviously finishing her degree and then she had so to So it's just you and the old man. Yeah, and then she's doing a residency in, it's, you know, this New York and then Stockton. You're familiar with Northern California. Yeah. And then she, she comes, uh, she moves. And uh, she works at the VA? As she works a, at the VA. She's work, she still for, works at the VA. As what? Over off of off Mather. She's a, she's a doctor. Oh, oh doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. So, but like all, but I'm talking about all the life of judging yourself against what you're expected to do. Yeah. It, what was the expectation? I mean, for our community, the expectation is is something in the like you know professional field, lawyer, doctor. But for you, what was your dad when you were like in you know junior high? What was he like? You know, what are you thinking about? Yeah, he's like math, science, something like oh, yeah. that. Yeah. Were you doing math and science? Yeah, and I was pretty good. Pretty I was, good. Yeah, I was capable, but not gifted. I, it, it's all relative in comparison to white students. <laughs> I, I was fucking lapping them. <laughs> We're talking about Indian and Chinese kids. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm on the lower rung. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm not part of. A, I'm not part of the new faces <laughs> out of the Indians and Chinese kids. You understand what I'm saying? Math new faces. Yeah, yeah math right. new faces. Right. Robbie Pry has picked the top. I'm. I'm, in, yeah. I'm number thirteen or fourteen. Right. You understand right, what I'm right. saying? <laughs> and what was the competition with white kids? At, you know, insane. No, it's it's not. No, because they've been around. They've been here so long. They have a sense of entitlement. Yeah. So there's just a hunger and drive. Immigrants just have that. I, it's inconceivable to a but lot when, of Americans. But, and they assume that you're going to be, you know, lap them. I don't and, know. And is that, I don't that know does, what they think. But doesn't that become know. part of the prejudice? <laughs> what's, that, what's the prejudice? That these guys are so smart. That these guys are the smart ones. They're not wrong. No. I, <laughs> Yeah. Mark, I know, I know. Mark, they go, they go hard in the paint, and yeah. you do. Yeah. What do you, what? Yeah. What do you I want me to? Do? What do you want me to do about it, Brandon? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, did, but like, was there like? I mean, on top of just basic racism, mm. you had to deal with you know anti nerdism as well. Sure. I mean, the 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 world that I came into <clears throat> was the sort of world of uh, the Patriot Act and the War on Terror. That was that kind of shaped my sure. my life and my relationship in America. And, and I think now I'm I'm 36. 
And now I'm seeing that I have we have enough time and we're looking at the vestiges of it as we've you know left Iraq and Afghanistan and and we've kind of looked at government surveillance in a new way. That is something that when I was 15 or 16 years old, people didn't really talk about or know. No, about. you were just the enemy. Correct. Yeah. And I was, you know, my dad was very involved in the community. It was one of those things where it, it was not uncommon for the FBI and the feds to embed in the community. You'd have a lot of uh, federal agents all of a sudden convert to Islam. Hi, I'm Brother Eric. Really? Shit like that. Oh, yeah. And you talk in, the, in that in early the, special about you know, yeah, the event of, of, yeah. of active yeah. race, race, racially driven vandalism and sure, your father. Sure, sure. Your two opinions, the way you saw it and the way he saw it. Correct. You as a born American, him as, you know, this is the hit we have to take yeah. to live here. Yeah, and both of, both of those, I think, philosophical opinions are valid. And I think America's still dealing with that. The way things are mm. and the way things ought to be. Yeah. And my dad over-indexes on the way things are. And now that I'm a dad, I'm like, yeah, I, I do see his perspective a lot clearer. So the the arc of your relationship with him, mm. there doesn't seem to be a point where he was ever going to draw a real line with you and say, if you do this, you're out or you can't do this. No, I think the big uh, the big tough conversation I think was around like 2012. Yeah, <clears throat> my LSAT score was expiring. Yeah, and that was the real fork in the road. He wanted I, you to be a lawyer. Yeah. Well, at that point, I had finished poli sci. Yeah. I had a live LSAT score. It expires after five years. I'm living in Los Angeles. I'm I'm staring at you from the from the rear corners of the comedy store. And you're and you're friends with uh, Fahim, uh, Fahim, Fahim and all those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Fahim a lot. Oh, Fahim's really funny. Really, funny. Fahim's extremely funny. Yeah. Um. So there's a crew. There's a, there's crew a little of crew of us, and we're, guys? yeah, and we're making YouTube videos. How and, many are you? About four or five. Yeah. Who are the other ones? Me, Asif Ali, Aristotle, who's now on SNL. Yeah. Um, Asif, Fahim, four of us. Yeah, yeah. And we kind of would meet at commercial auditions and be like, they're not going to book us, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then you got a pizza. <laughs> hut yeah. Then we got a yeah. pizza commercial, and, and just yeah, we started just doing. Um, that was our kind of alternative comedy moment. So, and I'm just so like, you, hey, let's make our own videos. And your and dad's stuff. up there saying, like, when are you going to- What are you doing? Yeah, when are you going to take your bar exam? When are you going to go to law school? Yeah. Or, or apply to law school? And, and funny enough, I did apply and I was waitlisted. And Where? At UCLA and USC. Yeah? Yeah. And that was a really tough conversation of like, I'm not going to go. You knew you weren't going to go. Of course. So you just, you applied just to placate him. Yeah. You know what's funny, man? I was hanging on to the Greg Giraldo dream. Yeah. I knew Giraldo, Dimitri. These guys were- They were, but Giraldo They were licensed. Was Giraldo was licensed. Yeah, No, yeah. he was a licensed yeah, practicing yeah, attorney. Yeah. But I was like, hey, if So he... was Al Lubell. Oh, yeah? Yeah. There's, there's a few attorneys. <laughs> okay. there's, an, there's another one, too. What was that guy's name in New York? But yeah, go ahead. But you could have been an attorney, too, Mark. Like I, I don't, like, my my brain, as smart as it may be, uh, is is not that disciplined. I don't know that I could have. I could have if you I don't, applied myself. You don't think you had the brain to argue as a public defender? Oh, no, sure. But I, I, I would never have thought, you know, it would never, I never had an active thought sure. about it. Sure, You know, once I graduated college, I, I was like, well, I'm going to do this comedy yeah and yeah. i didn't know how to and you you fully embraced for several decades how do i hurt myself more sure. than help myself <laughs> well no i don't think that i i think that that was just the nature Got i don't it. know that, that anyone was, embraces that you mean that was just the time that those were no, the times just doing really coke and all that crazy shit I, you know like i have a you know a substance abuse compulsion and it made me feel better uh you know i did have heroes who were drug people but it wasn't like it wasn't like i didn't feel like i was doing it for an effect. Can you explain that to what? me? I've never understood, and maybe it's because I'm a square, mm. I've never understood the thing of doing the drug that hurts you 
I totally get the effective drugs. Like I get why Alex Rodriguez yeah. and, and Barry Bonds did roids. You want to smack that fucking ball out of the out of the stadium. Oh, I don't know I which which ones are you saying hurt me. Like you know, weed doesn't really hurt you. It kind of gets your brain kind of like hey, everything your perception gets a little uh, kind of yeah. uh, amplified and everything's kind of crispy. I don't, I don't get the MDMA. I don't get all that stuff. Like MDMA, I, I never. It wasn't really around yet. I get coffee. I get Adderall. I get so, things well, that kind of put coke. You, Oh, Coke's like that. Okay, gotcha. Sure, yeah. Gotcha. Coke and uh, speed, or that's what Adderall is speed. Gotcha. So that, yeah, that's the kind of drug that you would like. You gotcha. get your brain going fast. That's Indian and, steroids. Yeah, yeah, and boo- and, yeah exactly. And, <laughs> and booze is booze. But, uh, but no, I mean, I was always just trying to get to myself. I mean, gotcha. that was my journey mm. as a comic gotcha. is that like there was a purity gotcha. to it. Like I was like, I'm not... I'm not in this to be an entertainer. I want to figure out how to say what I want to say and have the space to say it. And I decided comedy was the place to do that. Yeah. So it was a a matter of me, you know, finding myself. Yeah. You know, and drugs were just part of that. Yeah. And it just, I just found myself maybe a year ago. (laughs) Took a long time. Well, most people become a caricature of themselves, which is what makes them successful. Yeah. You, You know, I don't, I didn't know how to do that on purpose. So either it happens just by nature yeah. or, or by time. But most guys are not really that authentic. They're, they're doing an act. Oh, interesting. You know, and there are certain guys that show a vulnerability that they can't help, but they're rare. Hmm. And cranky guys, you know, are, you know, usually are a little more vulnerable than, than guys who have their shit together. I mean, this is an act. You are doing an act. Sure. So, and part of the reason you do comedy is defensive. So it's not like you're offering your whole heart there. And I'm a guy who wears his heart on his sleeve. So I had to figure that out. So I went through a very angry time and then it kind of softened up. Right. But it really, it's like I, not everybody does, hardly anybody does comedy the way I choose to go about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Get your act. <laughs> right? Yeah. You, I mean, I, it, it see, you really, this very reminds me of a, of a Shandling like way of approach of it. You're like, no, this is a lifelong journey yeah. of discovering myself. Yeah. I mean, I didn't plan it that way, but I also didn't understand show business. I was just sort of like, yeah. all I knew was I wanted to do comedy and I didn't want to do anything else. And there was really nothing else I could see doing. Yeah. And you know, it was scary. Maybe the way I saw it is a little bit different than you yeah. <laughs> in the sense that as there's this take that I kind of have. Where I go, this country was built on on one of two principles, either entrepreneurship or murder. Sometimes a little bit of both. Right. <laughs> you know, hello, yeah. hello Raytheon yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But I go, you know, my community kind of came in and really embraced entrepreneurship. And it, when it clicked for me, when I was with the guys, when I was with all those goat face guys, yeah. I was like, goat face was the sketch which group, which was our sketch group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, we're going to have to build our way out of it. And I think Homecoming King, my new show came out of that too of, hey, we're just going to build this on our own. And we're going to find our way out of your experience as the East Indian guy. Sure. And, and, and East Asian. And, guy. Yeah. And they're they're Middle Eastern and Muslim. And it's just sure. a combination sure. of, of, of melon in there. Right. <clears throat> and we're just going to build our way out of it. And and I think what's really beautiful is as I hit my 30s, there was a whole there was millions of people who came of age that now want to see that show. So if you go to my show or Ali Wong's show, yeah. you look out into that audience. Yeah. That audience, you would not see that audience at the Comedians of Comedy show. No, uh, right. And, and it's a, no, but it's a really a beautiful thing. It's like, it's really no, representing well, this new. Russell, that is, sure. I mean, Russell was the guy. Sure. That, you know, the sort that of really like, broke that through. The, the generally, the sort of uh, uh, broad spectrum brown crowd yes. that wasn't black. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So that that's all of Asia. And, and, and Gabriel Iglesias has really done that for the Latin community. Sure. And when you go out to those shows, you're just like, no, this is America, too. And well, I th- it's more America. 
Yeah, if you look at just sheer numbers. For sure. But I think what's what's happening right now is we're breaking that kind of hegemony of like, oh, who who how, who now has cultural cachet to push the button and make it happen? In terms of distribution, yeah, studio movies, Crazy Rich Asians, big TV shows, sure. Master of yeah. None, Mindy Project, these yeah, sort yeah. of things. Of oh, it's being put through the pipes of Hulu and Netflix. Yeah, and and I'm very lucky to be now be part of that era. And also, like we're also in the era where you know if you have the wherewithal to sort of pull your audience together to corral them through yes. whatever means you have at your own disposal. Yeah. Uh, you do it. Yeah. You know, but I don't, it's very hard for me to, I can't figure out ultimately what the bigger cultural, you know, uh, impact or, or who can make it. Like, mm. it's not really my world, unfortunately. My my audiences are, are roughly some manifestation of my disposition. Got they're it. not really a demographic. So they range in age. They're they're generally intelligent. They're kind of cranky. It's uh, not that diverse a bunch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, but they're they're smart. Yeah. And, and they, they're nervous. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. But so- Are they bigger or smaller now, you say? Now that you're doing these- Because I, I notice you're doing clubs and smaller theaters. That's just a workout shit. That's they, the workout your shit. But, but, it, my, I'd but if, you, off. if you wanted to do Radio City, you'd be like, I could. Nah. I, I think I top off in New York. Like I filled Carnegie and I, can, and I filled the Beacon. But I think that that's about it. Even in 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014? No, no, nothing. No, that did, that didn't happen for years. I mean, I you know when did I do Carnegie Hall? A few years ago. It wasn't until you know eighteen, nineteen. So your draw has actually yes. increased. Gotcha. Of course, gotcha. That's yeah, because great. you know I no one knew what to do with me, and then because of the podcast, people understood the the expansiveness of my personality because people tried to box me in. Yeah, like you're the angry guy. You're the and I wasn't. I was just angry. It yeah. was not a character. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had to uh-huh. temper myself. Uh huh. So. When do you start doing comedy in in Davis? When do you start? I was going a, to sack punch. I was a freshman in college. Yeah, and I I saw this movie called Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle. Yeah, and it just blew my mind. Yeah, and I was you like, were like, I can be that. Yeah, I could be. Yeah, and yeah. it just was so cool to see. I again, I'm looking at this poster behind you, this Rolling Stones poster, yeah. and I'm walking past Holiday Cinema in downtown Davis. Yeah, and that it clicked for me. I was like, oh, it's possible. So I, I just had a very small worldview. Yeah. I did not think it was conceivable or possible. Do you see what I'm saying? Sure. You have to see somebody who you can kind of see yourself in to be so like- it wasn't a stand-up. It was Harold it was Cal, It was Cal Penn, yeah. yeah. And I go, oh, I can do this. That was in 2004. The following year in 2005, Russell blows up. Yeah. He becomes a huge deal. Yeah. Then a few years later, my senior year of college, there's a kid named Aziz Ansari. Yeah. He's blowing up. Right. I go, my God, man, Eugene Merman yeah. likes Aziz. Yeah. Mark Marin likes Aziz. Aziz Ansari is doing comedy death ray. Yeah. It just seemed crazy to me. So that represented a possibility. It could happen. Now, to my dad, he had no idea what any of this stuff was. Of course. But it was started. Yeah, my to, parents didn't. They, yeah, they but still it, didn't know. But I in am. my mind, I was like, okay, it can, it can happen. It could well, happen. Well, that thing you say about parents in general, that's an age thing and a technology thing. I mean, you know, I, no matter how much of a career I had, you know, my, I don't think my father has figured out how to listen to the podcast yet. <laughs> so... Yeah. It might not ever happen. Yeah. But fathers are weird. We've established that. Yeah. So you just start doing the open mics at that fucking at, Sacramento at, at Punch. Sac Punch. Yeah. And then I start going out to San Francisco. I start driving to San Francisco. And I'm living at home at Who's the time. Who's doing open mics? So you go, are you going to shows at the Sac Punch? Yeah. I would go to the Tuesday night, you know, open mics. But did you did they roll you into like opening position there? Did you open? Yeah. I had to get Molly to kind of pass me. You yeah. know Molly Schmink? 
who I'm still like, oh man, she still gives me like the, does Molly like me? Does not Molly not I, like oh, her? Yeah. I mean, well, I, she, when I was I want, there, I she w- was like 16. I wanted she Molly to- power. I still, if Molly, you're listening to this, I still want you to like me so bad because I remember she She'll would- She'll never let on. I know. She would, she'd be like, Brent Weinbach, Moshe Kasher, Ali Wong, Kamal Bell. And I'm like, come on, pick me. Oh, wow. Yeah, like, all those. Yeah, I they, wanted to be picked so open for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all those people. Yeah, and I go, man, if, if 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 Molly likes me, I'll get a good weekend. But did she eventually? Yeah. Molly, like, eventually kind of. I just remember, man, staying at that goddamn hotel across from there and going to that fucking mall. Because yeah. I used to work up there. I mean, Did I, you I think you were good early on? Did you think you were good? Because when I watch old clips of you, Either you're masquerading, you you have an incredible amount of like low self esteem, and you're masquerading like you have a ton. I was angry, and I thought I had a point. Uh, so like I knew I was saying things that weren't being said. I knew I was relatively original, gotcha. but but I I I don't think I had control of the thing. Mm. Like I I used to say that like for the first however many years it takes, you know, about seventy five to eighty percent of the job is pretending that you're not afraid. So I think I went into it very aggressively. Yeah. And I thought I was doing something. Yeah. I don't know that I would say I was good, but I do believe I I, I was uh I do believe I deserved things. I was driven by spot. Can I ask you something like really yeah. blunt? Yeah. Were you like, I'm better than Patrice O'Neill? No, no. Were I you mean, like, I'm better than Bill Burr? For real, for real. Honestly, back then? Back then. No, I think that I... Like, did you honestly be like, I can crush harder than these guys? I know I can. I don't. I never thought in terms of, of crushing. It always made me nervous. I, I really thought in terms of, you know, can I make this thing land? Got and it. at that time, Bill and Patrice were, they're younger than me, and I don't really remember seeing... So you did not see them as threats? No, people that were threatening to me were people like Atel... You know, people like, you know, and they were only threatening in that I didn't want to follow them in New York. It was, you know what I mean? And also like they were getting work on the road and I just wanted to get work. I never, like, I never liked the whole dick fight of it. I don't. You never had the, almost like the way, you know, rappers have beef. No, I can't No, my records are better than your records. I can't do that thing. Oh. So yours was just uh, jealousy and envy in regards to opportunity. Yeah. Oh, got it. and And I always like, I always, I envy their structure or their joke writing process. I was always very hard on myself yeah. about, you know, like why can't I, I come up with that kind of shit because Got my it. process is what it is. Yeah. And I've had to accept it over the years, but I still do that. Mm. Do you know, like why can't I write as good a joke as that? Or why can't I think this through? Or why can't I structure something like that? But, but I don't give myself enough credit either. But yeah, so I was always down on myself more than I was. Competing. I think your, I think your unlock would have been if you had just embraced collaboration more. Well, that's probably right. Just like, you know, like in basketball. In what sense? Well, like there's certain things that you do incredibly well. Right. All you have to do is have a counterweight of perhaps somebody else. Yeah, but but standup was never about that, and I actually fought against that. I'm like, that we're the we're the cowboys, man. We're we're out here on our own. We're out here fucking. It's just me on the plains. Uh, yeah. Who the, who we're gonna you know, get together with a group and fucking uh-huh. figure out a little show? It's like that's not what a fucking standup is. Yeah, but then as I started like hanging out with more headliners that are really doing it and that are lifers. Sure, right. Then, then you go up to them and you go like, hey, hey man, I don't want to be too forward, but you know, you could tag that bit with... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but or, or I would just see like everybody that I liked that was really working, yeah. Rock, Berbiglia, okay. all these guys would... Be, Exchange tags and hey, wh- like, what do you well, think that about happens? That? I mean, I'm yeah. not like, adverse to that. Yeah, yeah. Occasionally, someone will come up to me and give me a tag, or they would, or they would work with, like, you know, in the case of Mike, who I've who I've loved for such a long time, is he'd work with Seth Barish, and they would collaborate together. So stuff like that, where I'm like, it's yeah, right. why don't we work like musicians? Because we're not musicians. 
But we are. I mean, well, then get a writing staff. You had one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, there are no, guys no, no. that do all of that. Do Th- that all the time. That's different. You're 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 misinterpreting what I'm saying. I'm talking about a guy when you're in Highland Park and you're like, you know, Madrigal gets my brain or so-and-so Tom Papa oh, yeah, gets let's my say brain. Work it out. Let's sure. work it out. No, I mean, and let's actually like put it out on a piece of paper. Oh, oh you go, mean like, and go, like, and yeah, go Tom, let's, like, go, what, let's like, have let's, a writing let's, session. Let's, let's actually talk about this. Help me out with my act. I'll help you out with yours. Yeah. Versus yeah. like, are we really just going to like watch porn all day and jack off and like. You know what I'm saying? In two hours. Yeah, day. yeah, not all day. Yeah, not you all. Walk day. around a little bit. Sure, you sure, get sure. Your notebook. Out. But I'm talking about all the hours of shame. You're not talking about that either. I don't. But yeah, what? But the hours of life. <laughs> so, but no, I mean, I'm open to that. Yeah. But it was not a practice. Yeah. So okay, so let's we'll go back. So you start, you start getting work at the at the punchline. Punchline, yeah. So she starts using you. Yep. So when do you do you lock in? How do you how do you start to build? You come down here. Someone takes you on the road with them. What was the next yeah. phase? So the big the big big inflection point for me was in two thousand eight. Do you remember the San Francisco comedy competition? Yeah, I, I came in second oh in ninety four. Who came in first? Uh, Carlos Alzaraki. Okay, I know Carlos. Of yeah. course, uh, yes. I started doing those things, and I I, I, was, I I did it when it was still like a thing. It was a big a big thing. Yeah, but but by I, the time you did it, it must have been terrible. Yeah, I did it. I did another thing. Look at those fucking numbers. I know. Trying to understand. It's it. crazy. Dumb. I did a thing called Best Comedy Jam, or, or and and every year Wild ninety four nine, which is a big radio station, did a thing called Comedy Jam. And they had a competition where yeah. they made the local openers, all the local SF guys compete with each other. So that was a big inflection point in 2008. I, I won that. Uh, and then I got to open at the Comedy Jam. And then in 2009, I, I saw that as a sign. Okay, I'm going to move to LA. Right. Okay. Yeah. So you like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to like, go. I got, how much time do you have? Like 20? Yeah, I had like 30. Oh. And I was doing NACAs. Strong middle. Oh, yeah. you're doing the NACAs. I was doing NACAs. See, so, now this is the thing. So I had a week 60 and I had a decent 25. Right. But you were also like an ambitious fuck. Right? So, like, you were like, you know, I'm going to make this business work. See, that's what you bring to it, like, from whatever your dad gave you. Is yeah. That you, fr- from the beginning. Yes. You saw this as a business. Well, well, were you going to die of poverty? No, but I, I never understood the business. It wasn't a matter of poverty. I had, I was not uh, savvy. Like, I didn't do any prep work. I just thought at some point, if I was great, I would be rewarded. Yeah. Like, I was that dumb. So you thought Doug Herzog would descend from the mountain and they go, do. you. They do. They did. You, they did or they right, do? Right. They did. But they still do, kind of. Yeah. But the thing is, is that if you were in the right city, yes. they do do that. Yes. And uh, it wasn't necessarily him. I ended up pissing him off for fucking a decade. Why? Just because? No, I said something when he. I said something on stage uh-huh. when he got the job. Oh God! Running Comedy Central, <laughs> and apparently, like I've been told after the fact, it, it caused some real fucking shit. Oh, I'm okay. very good at at saying one thing and causing real shit. What about world building? Are you good at building coalitions? No. <laughs> I never built a coalition. I mean, I've run a show. Yeah. My show. Okay. And I'm pretty nice. But I'm, sure. I always see myself as an employee, even when my name's on the fucking it's, card. Yeah, I don't get it, bro. Whatever. I, yeah. Wait, I mean, it's it, because I'm not greedy and my ambition is like, my ambition is more to self-actualize in a way where the biggest gift for me, if I'm like, now I'm doing these hour, hour and a half shows. Yes. Where I'm improvising, which is how I build a show. Yes. So the biggest thing for me is when out of nowhere, a thing comes, you know, because I'm riffing totally. and the thing comes and I'm like, that's the thing. Where'd that come from? I don't know. 
Yeah. And so when those moments happen, happened last night. Just like I'm working a bit, I'm working a bit, I'm working a bit. I know it's not quite right, but the timing's good. It's killing. And then boom, this other piece falls in. I'm like, where'd that come? That's the fucking work for me. Yeah. <laughs> you're a you're a back against the wall type of guy. I'm a work totally. out on stage. Yeah. 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 I, I'm a vomit it out in the Google Doc. Then I'll riff it out with friends. Right. But and, 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 I'll, and I'll be candid. I have so many friends that are exponentially funnier than me. Right. Fahim is so much funnier than me. Yeah, he's a funny guy. He's a fucking funny... Fahim Anwar is one of the best... Well, I that's think, because he's game. like, uh, you know... He, His brain works that way. But he's also... He's not afraid to be goofy. Yeah. You're, you know, tight, man. I know, man. <laughs> that's my biggest thing. I'm trying to embrace being looser. Yeah, how's that going? <laughs> You tell me, Mark. <laughs> well, I mean, you, I want you to see the new hour. I want you to see the I'll, new show. I'm gonna, but uh, <laughs> but so like the idea though, the ambition of it, yeah, that you saw it as a business. So you come down to L.A. Yeah, and you're like, um, you, and it's not working. No, no, it's not working. When I come to L.A., you know, there's but how are you? How does the stage work? Are you getting laughs? Are you crushing? No, I wasn't really crushing, and and you know why? I, I think it's actually the note that you gave. Is that like, I, I think I. My, the biggest problem that I that I've had, and I'm, I'm I'm still, you know, this journey is like never ending. I've been doing it now what fucking seventeen years. Uh. Is I was just too in my head about it. I really was like, you gotta. It's this joke and then this joke and this joke and this joke. And Mark, you hit it right on the head. People are like, yeah, he's tight. And then someone like Rory Scovel will go up, who I love, Rory. Yeah. And Rory Rory will fucking just knock down all these yeah. walls and just be like. What the fuck are, this is, yeah. he embraced the cosmic sure. joke. Yeah. And so to me, I wasn't doing that, that well. And so, yeah. And my real breakthrough moments were the moments where I was, I had structure, but then I also played jazz and it was just real like, oh, Hassan's just going off the top of the dome and what, being so able to play. What, you, you did some riffing? I think my Daily Show audition was a real breakthrough moment for me like But that. like, what's the jazz that you said you were doing? The jazz is like, you got, you know, people think jazz is all improv. It's not. There's actually structure to sure. it. But then there's moments, there's little pockets in the set where you go, no, I can, I can deploy this aha moment. Yeah. You know. But you can, you can what, just riff a little, go out on Riff a little, poke fun at Mark, uh -huh. poke fun at whoever. See, well, that's the yeah. thing, like, like with someone like Fahim, yeah. like he's a goofball. Yeah. But he's very intelligent. Yeah. So the mixture of intelligence and goofy, you know, it's, 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 it's a gift. Truly. See, like, the difference between you two guys is that you have something to prove, and it's never going to go away. Yeah. <laughs> and, that, you know, I don't know, yeah. you know, I don't know if it's a control freak thing or what, but, like, you know, you're going to win. It's a fear thing. No, but, but the way you're framing that is philosophically wrong. I don't see it as a zero-sum game. I see it as a game of I don't want to be, I don't want to work at Office Max again. No, well, you're not I, going to. See, the thing is, Mark, so many people have told me that. I don't believe it. And until I truly believe well, no, it. No, I get it. I've made yeah. some money and I don't spend it because yeah. I'm, I don't want to. Yeah. I'm a comedian and I, you know, it's like yeah. if you have money in the bank, you're like, oh God, I better hold on to it. I know, because they're going to take it away. It's going to go away. Yeah. And they're not going to take it away. I'm yeah. just, you know, it's just going to, you know, the work is not going to happen. Yeah. So that's my thing is just embracing. So really, it's a starvation mentality. It's not a. A little bit. A little bit. I mean, if you want me to be honest, it's the thing of just like. You don't want to be one of those guys of like, oh yeah, that was the guy from the Daily. What happened to him? Sure. Whatever happened to him? No, right, right. Like, well, I, that's the winning. I thing. really but do that's want different. Yeah, and I really do want like that's different though. That's not starvation mentality. That's like, how do I st stay relevant and keep fucking winning? 
that's not like I hope I don't run out of money. Artistically, artistically, yeah, artistically, yeah, like, like they, yeah, I want you Mar- can't you have any control over the whatever happened? I to want Mark, I want Mark to see the new show and go. He's not as tight. Ah, <laughs> oh, the kid kind of impressed me because your assessment of the first show is the way Paul Provenza assessed. It. He goes, oh, okay, it's cute. You, you didn't go to prom. I get it, kid. But no, I, that's not what I said. But I want Provenza to see it now because you guys are a little bit older, and I want Provenza to go. Oh, he's got some fucking bars. No, what I said is, is that you were, you know, calculating in the structure mm. and you were emotionally, you know, manipulative. Yes. <laughs> and, and, you know, and you knew it. And, and the fact is, is that some of this shit was darker than you let on. Sure. And, and that, uh, there was no way that, you know, this is how you controlled the emotional fucking history of yeah. your life. Yes. And, you know, you picked your beats and they were, they, it, and structurally it was great. And Mark's not interested in any of it. No, no, I loved it. I, you know, I got teared up. You know, I thought, oh, thought it was beautiful. nice. Right. You know, I'm an emotional guy. Yeah. But like, but I don't, but maybe I'm uh, from where I'm sitting. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I've tried to do that kind of stuff yeah. and I know the edge of emotion sure. where people are going to go away yeah. mm-hmm. or when it's, it's sad. And I'm playing with that shit now around the death of my girlfriend. Right. So like, you know, I can take, you know, like I know these limits, but yeah. like, I don't know how far in the construction of that stuff or what you had to really risk. Uh, Can I tell you what it is? Yeah. And I actually think it's a strength, even though you're not seeing it that way. No, I'm sure it is. I mean, I'm not. I'm what, not I'm, it's it's like it's like what's the point? Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. You're being artistically honest. Now let's let's see it in terms of what do these 400 people think? Mm. And I think I think one of the things that I that I I, I learned at the Daily Show and my show was, okay, bring it home. What is the point? And I think too often comics and and you know you know this way better than i do cuz you've you've been doing this longer than me maybe sometimes abuse the audience man like it's one of those things where they don't they truly don't <laughs> give a fuck what they think we ca- we came up at a different time and there's different types of comics yeah there's guys that'll get that'll go up there do two two and a half three hours they don't need to do three hours. Of course. But, they'll but, just, but there's also- They'll like, just abuse the audience. Well, I, but there's also the idea of it. It's like, okay, so you spend a lot of time, you know, when you come up and people don't know who you are. Yeah. Like, and, and like we said at the beginning of this, you know, all these people at open mics, artists, artists and weirdos and whatever, is that all your responsibility is, is to figure out who you are on that stage and how to do the job. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you do within that, but it's your territory. Yeah. So in that process where no one knows who you are, either you're going to be the guy that goes- on the road and and puts out his fucking you know email cards and says you know follow me here do this there you know go, you know I'll send you a newsletter I'm going to be back in six months or you're going to be a guy who's sort of like let's see what the fuck this is who the fuck are these people no so, yeah, yeah in the I, long run I don't think it's a binary I'm that guy I'm not the no the no I'm not, I'm not yeah. saying you I'm yeah, not yeah. saying you are I'm just saying yeah. that pushing the limits of an audience like when you just said that you know when you say what do these four people want it's like I don't I still talk about that it's like is am I an entertainer you know is that what I'm doing? Am I an entertainer? And I'm not criticizing you. Look, your show was tight. It was effective. It had a message. Uh-huh. Like, you know, the 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 punchline at the end was very clever. It was good. The story was good. You lucked out with these life things yeah. and you organized them. I'm not criticizing that. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm just saying that, you know, there is a big difference between, you know, what you put out in the world yeah. and who you are personally. Uh, I got you. I got and, and, and I understand that, too. What? Hey, that's private, dude. It's private. Yeah. So what what responsibility do I have as an artist to fucking show them the real shit? Sure. My job is to make this thing. Sure. 
Sure. Right? Yeah. And the, there's also, you know, by the way, you saw a 72-minute version of the show. You know, it was it was clocking in at 100. Sure. So there were some moments where you're just like, okay. Look, I'm, I'm sure, man. Yeah. Boy, there were some moments where you just really, you were crying and you couldn't stop. <laughs> yeah, I was. I, and, and you were yelling uh, and screaming. Uh, yeah, just really bawling, <laughs> bawling up there. Did you, do you ever do this? Your shows say an hour 40 and you, you honestly show it to your contemporaries and your friends and you go, just be honest. And there's bits that you love that you're like, oh, I fucking love this. Which show? Any of your shows. You, you, how many hours have you done at this point? Probably five, six, seven? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they go- Some of them are longer. Yeah. Like and, hour 90s. Well, as I get older and, you know, as I sort of started to embrace structure a little more and, yeah. and, and not use uh, kind of uh, improvising as a, as a cop-out, you yeah. know, like the last three specials have been pretty tightly structured yeah. and two of them I worked with Lynn on and, and she, and I trusted her as a oh, director. Beautiful. You know, she directed them. Yeah. So like, you know, we, and I know when something doesn't fit and when it does, like right now I'm trying to put together this hour, 10 hour, 15, it's coming in like hour 20. Yeah. And I know like, you know, like, well, this can't be at the end. And you know, like, what are you trying to say with this? And, and do you need to lighten this up? Do you know what the ontological truth and reality is of her, like of her passing and the way you've mourned it? Like what, what are you ultimately, Ultimately, what's the, if you were to dis- distill it, what is it that you're trying to say? Oh, about that? Yeah, specifically. Well, I mean, because that's where it, I that's what I start with, and and the I know ontological truth. What do you know? Yeah, and 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 if you boil it down to its essence, sure. it's pure emotional espresso. What is it that you no, are saying? Yeah, I, I I know what it is, you know, and I know what I'm saying. But what what becomes tricky in in the same with what you're doing and the balance you're making is like. Like, this is a selfish pursuit we're in. Sure. Right? So what we're talking about is our experience of anything. Like, when you talk about your father or that woman that that jilted you in in high school Uh or whatever, Uh you're going to have to weigh the the repercussions or, 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 you know, you either you respect them or you don't. Yeah. And and then you got to balance that out. Yeah. You know, at what point is this disrespectful and at what point do I not give a shit anymore? Right. So that always becomes the, the tricky part about dealing with anger, grief, loss or whatever. Mm-hmm. You don't want to disrespect the person and you don't want it to be too sad. But the ontological truth is like I was learning how to love somebody for the first time in my life mm-hmm. and that person died. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. And, and yeah. like I spent my life you know, not being ready for that or able to do that because of how I was brought up and all those are different ontological truths. So, so, you know, how do I deal with that and how do I move on? So that's what that is. Do I exist in an emotional space with another person again ever in in the way that I was going to happen? You know what I mean? Because I wasn't that great before her. So that's that ontological truth. So like balancing jokes about that and and feeling the need to talk about them is just because that's what I do. I talk about myself. Right. Like it's very hard for me. Like the gift that you have that if I envy anything is to be general about things. You know, like for me, it's all got to go through me first. Yeah. You know, I, my observational capacity is limited to my emotional interaction. Yeah, with but whatever the you're fuck talking, about talking about a deeply specific moment. But the the umbrella is mourning. Sure. Yeah. And grief and grief yeah, for sure. Like it's incredibly like. Not human. To be, yeah, human. I'm, and as you're saying, general, but yeah, I'm like, what are you for, talking about? No, that's, it's, it's like, tell, I'm telling you, man, this is the first time in my life. I, I've never gotten more people saying that I'm relatable in my life. <laughs> yeah. You know, when it comes down to this stuff. Yeah. And so is yours. But I'm just saying that I don't, like, I get nervous when I start doing cultural criticism oh, or even it. political jokes because, you know, I can do them well. Totally. But it, in my mind, it's like, someone else is doing this. Sure. It's like, this is going to be done. Yeah, and if you want to log on Twitter, you can get plenty sure, of Sure, right, yeah. yeah, and it's sort of like, I got to avoid that. 
Yeah. Like that was my that was my whole point in my shift around doing the podcast and doing comedy the way I do it is like if I talk about myself, no one can have that. Correct. Yeah. So yeah. that's the way to go. So wait now when you so who'd you lock on to? Who are the big lessons? Who'd you end up opening for? You know, to get your chops in place. Like when when did you start to realize how to, you know, fulfill your ambition in terms of uh performing? Did you open for Russell? Did you open Yeah, for- Russell was super sweet. He let me open for him. Even guys like Arch Barker were really kind, but I think I, I quickly realized none of these guys have the answer. Every headliner, whether it's Kamau or Arge or Russell or whoever I'd open for who came to town. You would try to, you would try to be like do, do you have the unlock code and of what of 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 success how do you how do you how do you earn a living in this business oh right yeah it's a real thing man yeah like well, how do you ha- how do you have health insurance how do you have a house i'm i'm sitting in a house no well, i believe me i answer i ask the same questions forever yeah yeah and i never can you I believe this mark as 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 tight as you think i am i do i don't even own property i'm a re- i'm still renting i'm that afraid it's stupid mark that's but, interesting. But what I'm I mean, say- like, but, but, why, why is there a drop off in intelligence there? I know. But what I'm saying is, there's <laughs> there there is such a deep, uh, yeah. Hey, this industry is so treacherous and unknown, and nothing is guaranteed. Hey, just keep your wits about you and keep the cash and the and the mattress because you never know. No, I get that. When I, it'll I, all go I understand away. that. But so, like, so it, but all these lessons are lessons you have to learn as an adult. Correct, and at, and you have to learn it for yourself. Yes. Furthermore. Your path is different than my path. It's different than Ali's path. It's different than everybody's path. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I'm a, I, and that's know, the thing I'm also realizing. I'm too. a plotter. I'm a chipper awayer. I just keep pushing. Yeah, like yeah, I don't. It's a miracle that I, you know, it was a, you know, it's the second half, dude. It wasn't looking good. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> there was no, there was no Daily Show moment. Do you feel like it's all going to be okay though? I mean, well, I, I when, know, Obama, like, when Obama's sitting in the cat ranch, nah, I'm sure you feel like it's no, going to be all right. No. What you mean financially? And everything? Yeah. No. No. No, because like you still, by, f- you still fear it's gonna. It's not gonna now, but I, I did. Like you know, I've I've saved some money, and yeah. you know, and you know, this thing turned out to be better than we all thought. Yeah, and I can you know do the road and make some money doing TV, and I'm acting and shit. Yeah. but I but I know that I have money saved, and I know that I don't have any debt, and I know I don't have a family. Yeah. So like, what it becomes now for me is like, well, what do you want to do with your fucking life then? Yeah. How do you find joy? What's and, the point of what's all the, this? And what's the answer? That's coming. I like to cook. <laughs> Play some guitar. Yeah. You know, fuck. Make make stuff. Make chicken stock. Well, yeah, I'll do that. I love to, yeah, it keeps me distracted. It keeps the darkness away. You don't want family, right? Do you want a family? Not really. Not really. Okay. You know, I, I, I'm okay. You know, I, I'm all right. All right. But what about, so with you though, even after the Daily Show, even after, you know, you've got some money stashed, but you, sure. but you built a, a life. Yeah. I got now, a wife. I got two kids. Yeah. So I have a life. Yeah. You weren't even that big a stand up when you got the Daily Show. No. You just kind of, you know, John liked you. No, I had put together, you know, shout out to Aristotle. We put together an audition tape. I really thought I could be good on this thing. Yeah, okay. And, and we you had, watched it. I watched it. Yeah. And I had been making kind of these videos that were somewhat taking off online. Yeah. A few hundred thousand views where I would like go to camera one and I would kind of analyze something that was happening that week. And Aristotle would shoot them and we'd edit them and they'd put them out. And then, you know, when Michael Che left to go back to SNL, there was an opening. Yeah. And I really felt I can do this. Right. And so I just gunned for it. And I, I you know, I got to give Al credit. I ran into Al at the at the Pasadena Ice House and I said, what should I do? And he said, listen, man, when you're a correspondent on the show, you're going to have to do a ton of field pieces. Yeah. So I shot my own field piece and I submitted my audition. And right. I, and I, so it was over. a bigger deal than you let on on the special. 
huge. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I'm telling make, the story. I make it a big fucking deal in the special, but it was an even bigger deal. But like the prep of it, like in the special, you didn't go through all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Was, um, you were, you know, you were locked in gunning for it. I go, look, man, I'm yeah. not a sick. I mean, I was I didn't book the sitcom. Again, I was told the rule was you go book a sitcom, no, I man. I can't. I never did. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. For, yeah, you know, I, I, you know what's so funny about the rules is that there is no such fucking thing as the rules. No, but back in the day. That was, that was like the mind. But that was vague. The, you know, Back in the day, the idea was you get your, your point of view and then you get a deal to develop a show around you. Sure. That, that was the model sure. for the big success. Sure, until somebody broke that rule again. Yeah, until you get, well, your generation, yeah. you know, it's different. I mean, that, that rule on some level even holds up through Louis and through everybody else. So but I you, broke, you broke the rule in tw- 2011. I don't think you can see yourself. Every every open micer was listening to the pot and oh, right, still right. is. It's, it's, 2000. What? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, what? This is the Louis C.K. part four interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Oh, Mark and Louis are going to really hash... What? You're sitting down with Robin Williams and oh, yeah, he's yeah. in San Francisco yeah, and yeah. he's talking about his heart attack. Yeah. Do you understand? You were breaking the, the rules. That's no right. Yeah, rules. yeah, fine. Right. But the, that wasn't like, I wasn't going to make a half a billion dollars in syndication. Who? I wasn't making any money. I don't know. Mark, when you're doing these me undies drops, we don't know how much money you're oh, making. Oh, it's a billion dollars, buddy. <laughs> yeah. And the, uh, the what was the other one? The porno. <laughs> what was that one? Yeah. Uh, what were those first ones? Uh, how can I not remember that? We only had like one. It was like adult toys. Whatever. Yeah. Pow. They weren't even paying. Wow. Like yeah, I changed your entire business and they, they were carryovers from a streaming show sure. that didn't work. But anyways, You're, I get your point. You break the rules. You don't know you were breaking the rules at the time. I didn't know me and Ari and Fahim and we were breaking the rules at the time. But- you're right. just sure you're, it's a, we were at the cusp of a new yeah you're thing. just breaking new ground but that is exciting as an artist that's what you want oh, yeah to no do. it was all i had no expectations i yeah. was desperate and and we had no way to under, we didn't know how to make money yeah so uh so that was the moment they saw it i screen tested and, and yeah huh. having having that cosign in new york city yeah changed my life and then having a cosign when i was doing the one-man show from colin quinn colin got me in at the cellar and that changed my life and i owe colin quinn a lot yeah i, I owe both of those guys a lot yep but, uh, all right, so you do how long on The Daily Show? I do about four years there. Four years, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, so I did the John years, I did some of the Trevor years, and then I do the correspondence dinner, and it kind of felt time like, okay, it's time for me to, to, to move on and maybe to do make my own your thing. move. To do my own thing. Right. And that, when did you do the show within this, the special? 2017. So, so after? It was, it was right. It was like one of my last years at The Daily Show. Right. So things were really clicking in 2017, 2018 for me, you know? And you saw that as like, you know, like almost like a, an introduction to the whole you, yeah. you know, publicly. Like well, you, you had the opportunity, you had well, the window. Yeah, well, honestly, it was the first time. And, and these these windows are real in life, man. Sure, it was, man. It was the first time. You, you, and you're lucky to get them. You, extremely lucky. And if you don't go, if you don't take them, you're, you're, that's the biggest regret. Yeah. Yeah, if you if you can make a break, you get make the, it. You get the call. Yeah. And it's like, hey, man, like, I know what it's like to send the tape in to Conan and not hear back. I know what that's like. Sure. I know what it's like to send the tape in to Montreal. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I still have the Vimeo Believe links. me. I, yeah. I, I know. V9. It says V9. I God watched every damn. one of my peers yeah. become huge successes. Yeah. And uh, to this day, I still have that part of me. Really? Yeah. Where it's just sort of like, you know, when do I get to do the thing? That- <laughs> So fun. Why can't I do so I got the, I get the call and I I said look like I actually do have an idea and an opinion on what I what I would want my show to be to Netflix yeah and I shot my own proof of concept and kind of did it again. It's Patriot Act. Patriot but Act. But you'd already done the special with them. I'd already done the special. So they knew you. You're on the radar. They yeah. liked you. 
but every time unique look, property look even even with homecoming king i had to i shot my, i shot my own mini special at cherry lane theater when i was doing it off broadway right and showed it to them yeah and then they go okay i see it you showed it to robbie uh at the time Kristen zollner and oh, she yeah. believed in it yeah she greenlit it I, yeah. I do owe her a lot like Kristen saw it and was like oh i think this is really special robbie yeah. wasn't there at the time right and then with uh, in 2018 with Patriot Act, I showed it to Bella Bajaria and she she loved it too, and she showed it to Ted, and and they liked it. Now I had to. And put... you also had that appeal that they want, which is global. Sure. You know, like sure. there was a, like a, you know that there was there's this real move there that they, they really want the let's audience give it a try. Yeah, let's Saudi see Arabia how... to enjoy this. <laughs> yeah, let's see how it goes. Yes. Yeah. No, but they were just like they saw the proof of concept, they saw the DNA in it, and I think they of were Patriot Act. Like, yeah, because yeah. I shot it. I put up the money myself. We shot it over at the old Al Jazeera America Studios, RIP. They had gone out of business, 34th and 8th. And and we went in. I brokered a deal with like the, the room. I go, hey, can I just shoot something yeah. here? Can I use the cameras? And I'm really, pr- those are the moments I'm proud of the most. I'm like, hey, man, nobody told you to do this. Right. Like, no, no booker called you down and said, hey, kid, why don't you do it? Like, no, I really had to do what my parents did when they came here. I'm like, no. Right, we're gonna get this cab medallion, or we're gonna open but, up. But a, all, yeah, you know, but also, like, but you knew outside of the immigrant experience, you knew that there was a, a right of ownership there, yeah. and that you know you had full control of the thing. Yes, it wasn't just sort of, you weren't coming off the boat saying like, like, I guess we got a lot of people that are you know getting medallions. Yeah, I mean, you were literally saying like, I want to fucking have control of this. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I'm not. I would be lying to you if I told you even my new show right now, like. I bought the stage. I right. fucking bought the stage. Like it's this big ass stage. Right. I, it's the Visa Wells Fargo account. Here it is. Yeah. Right. You know. Yeah. But no. But Mark, for I do that too. But for how long did we assume that we're like, no, 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 the exec is gonna come down and he's gonna he's gonna Are tell you, you to write the yeah. chat. But you, your generation, you, but you assume that, dude. There. How many comics have you talked to on this show where they're just, like, you know, this person doesn't like me. I'm like, what are you talking about? Bro? Yeah. What the fuck are you actually talking yeah, about? Right. Well, no, you can't. You know, you after a certain point, you especially if you're not successful or you're not getting any traction, you can't rely on any of them. and anybody because they don't know anything. A lot of them. For, they they will know if they can if they can put if they can take a bet on you, knowing they won't lose, uh-huh. they'll take it. Yeah, but that so you have to create leverage. And that's not on anybody but us. Yeah, I don't. I, but I don't. I can't. I don't think in ter- those terms. I just, you know, I. It's all desperation. For you know, me. Ha, you, have you had Chris Rock on the show? Sure, you've had Rock on the show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Long Rock. Time ago. Rock loves giving advice. He loves giving me advice. And Rock is always like, "Man, listen." I, he said this about his own career. He's like, "Man, I've la- outlasted all these guys. I remember all the big execs that would knight you." And he's like, "I've been here longer than all of them." Yeah. And for him to say it that way, then it's like, well, the only consistent variable here is you. Yeah, sure. And I'm a stubborn idiot. And like, you know, I, my, the one thing I've known or my, uh, over time are my limitations. And mm-hmm. what do I really expect? Like when I say like, there's still things I would have done. Like, I don't know that I'm cut out for certain things. And I have to, uh, you know, admit that to myself. Sure. Like there are certain jobs that comics do. Like to do that, that correspondence dinner, I would, it would be mad making for me it would would make me melt down because I don't write like that I'd have to hire the right writers I'd really have to get into a place like I'm really my own thing that has to fit somewhere doesn't the the opportunity excite you like when I saw you in the Joker yeah yeah I was like, that's well, I fucking- like to act, but I, I but I was know. like, that's fucking cool, man. Do a scene with De Niro is great, but the opportunity of it, man. Yeah. Like, I, come on, Mark. As as like sometimes as angry as you get, 
you have to sit back and go, holy fuck, New Mexico Mark. Yeah. You were in fucking Albuquerque, New Mexico. Sure, sure. Yeah. Is doing a scene with Bobby De Niro. Uh, no, I love that. No, no, that's all. I'm just talking specifically about the comic job. Sure. Of doing like a corporate gig or doing that specific. But it doesn't, uh, it doesn't make you go crazy that you're like, I'm making fun of the president no, of the no, United yeah, States I mean, of America. Yeah, I mean, I get all that, but I'm just saying what I'm, the only example I'm making to you is that there are some gigs hmm. that like, and it happens sure. where I'm just sort of like, you know, that would, that would, I don't, I don't it think would be, I can handle it. Yeah. It would suck. I get it. I get it. Yeah. It's not that it would suck. For it you. It would just make me crazy. Yeah. For you. Yeah. Sure. But, uh, and that, that keeps me at a certain place. Like I'm not out for, you know, I'm not out to win the world. Uh huh. You know, like it, there, there's some people that just have that. Okay. Like, you know, Russell won the world. Kevin Hart's is going to win the world. Maybe you're going to win the world. I don't Who know. Who knows, right? But I got to loosen up a little bit before that happens. <laughs> well, well, tell me about this. The one thing I'm curious about though, is when you shifted the Patriot Act out of the Daily Show, yeah. that this was not a comedy writing bunch, right? Sure. I mean- like, I mean, they weren't a bunch of comics or anything. Like, they were mostly news people? No, no, it's a, it was a hybrid. We had a full writer's room. We had a full newsroom. And it was it was a combo. It was. Yeah. Is that the way The Daily Show it, is? Yeah, it's like any of those, uh, any of these shows. Last week, tonight, all of them have kind of two different departments. You yeah. know, you have, you have the, you have the pitch news people that are like, hey, here's the story. Oh, okay, okay. Here's the raw material. Now you have to distill this down yeah. and make it funny within 21 minutes. Right. But yeah, you're distilling like these huge research books and being like, okay, how do I make 23 or 24 minutes out of it? So they're break- So you got people who are, who are deciding, you know, what the relevant news stories are for Correct. the week. Correct. And then you have joke guys. Correct. J- joke slash structure guys. And so this is a new development too, Mark. Like all, a lot of those guys, you know, that came from the Daily and Show. Women. And women, yeah. guys and gals, but you have the seven and a half minute act one. But now with these these new types of shows, they've been stretched out into twenty eight minutes. One topic, even one topic sometimes. Yeah. Or you, in the case of our show, we would do that, and I'd bounce back and forth between field and and then come back. Yeah. So yeah, but it's a lot. It's a lot of fucking work. But where did you draw the people from? How did you how did you staff? You know, in New York, that you have there's the whole. But a lot of them were like journalists too. Like some I don't of, know how they work. Some like, of them, I never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of them came from previous. Yeah. 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 Outlets. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. AP, Reuters. Right. So, so, yeah. So wow. they so they get the idea of just like okay, hey, we're gonna talk about student loan debt. Yeah, yeah. They're like, yeah, here, here, here's the they relevant. Break it down. Yeah, here's the relevant information that you need. Then what we do as comics, I go. So what's the take? Yeah. Right. What's the take? Right, right. So like you you can read- How do you land ar- it? Exactly. Articles yeah, yeah. about, we need to break up Amazon. Sure, Amazon's sure, a monopoly. Sure, right. And I, I distill it down into the corp take. Where right. I'm like, well, I'm lazier than I am. So that, when when so I need the government to save me from myself. That's the comedy take. Right. I use Amazon. Right. Daddy needs diapers and sure, bell peppers. Sure, of course. Yeah. So- Yeah. Because like, I don't know how they work and you know, you know Stuart and I are, are not cool. Sure. But uh, so I don't know how any of that works. Sure. So ultimately- like and I've never written on one of these shows. I've I've just done you know uh, you, you know scripted show. Yeah. So you just sit there like all these like once you break it all down. Yeah. Then you know you all sit there and they pitch to you. Yeah. Basically, I, I come I come in with a ton of stuff too that I'm like I want to. What the fuck is up with student loan debt? Yeah. Why, yeah. Why is it like twelve trillion every dollars? week? Yeah. Yeah. I'll come in kind yeah. of with a head full of steam of just like yeah. I want to talk about this 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 yeah. and this and then we'll map yeah. it out to be like okay how long will it take us to right research it how long like i one thing i was really passionate about was like 
Uh, my family loves cricket. People around the world love cricket, but there's a ton of corruption in cricket. I'm really? like, I've, oh, yeah, it's wild. It's great. And yeah. there's such there's such great characters in it. And cricket. Yeah. yeah. On some level, that's playing to a bigger audience, which is good. Sure. Or just like things that I give a shit about. Like, right. why do I have to Why do I have to care about everything? No, that, no, no. Yeah. I'm just saying about the market. Like, sure. you know, like I, I, the, because I know that the show pissed off countries. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> So like, and that's something that's fundamentally yeah. unique sure. in what you were doing. You weren't just dealing with this, you know, cultural tapestry of whatever the fuck's going on in America yeah. politically. Yeah. Did you find it fulfilling versus my show for you to do your own show called Marin? It's okay. Yeah. I mean, like, I think- Like um, compared to that, like, what's that like? Well, I mean, I was drawing from my life again. I was working with writers and we were, you know, doing some elevated version of my life. I think that the last season was kind of interesting. I would have liked to have had, you know, I- I made a mistake and I had a very limited writing staff. They were good people, but I wasn't diversified. I, I didn't have women in there. What, My, is, what does the mistake mean specifically? Well, that like, I think that the points of view, Oh, got it. Uh, in, in relation to, you know, what could have happened, uh, in terms of, the stories, you know, I, 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 I was a little myopic. Gotcha. And given they were my point, you know, that was my place. But if you watch somebody, something like Aziz's show, yeah. where you have many voices, yeah. well, my show wasn't really like that. It was really but, following a singular POV. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I think that, you know, there it could have been, it was good, but I don't want to do me anymore. Why? Because uh, I, I mean, you did it. You're yeah. like, I did it. Now, like, you know, we're working on a show for, it looks like it's about to, we're about to sell a show, me and my the writer, uh, my friend Sam, yeah. Yeah. and it's different, and it's a bigger, broader show. So you're, so you're saying you do know how to collaborate? No, I do. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I, I, yeah, of course, I learned how to do that when I wrote a show. Yeah. Do you know how to collaborate? A, a little bit, sure. But like, like I talked to David uh, Chang the other day. Yeah. Now, there's a guy, you know, who's got, you, you know, he's carrying a big load upstairs, and you got a little bit of pushback for the work environment that you ran. Sure. Did you deal with that? Yeah, I mean, what's wild is people were pissed off. Yeah, and and I found out much later. And when we found out, it was something we took super seriously. And it was specifically in regards to a couple people, like they, people were some, said there was with, a toxic yeah, environment with some with someone in their department. They, uh -huh. People were not getting along in that specific in, in department. And it's one of those things you take super seriously. And it was in regards to people's tone, posture, demeanor, the way they would, you know. Handle other people. Yeah, talk Collaborate. To, collaborate with one another. Yeah. And I think that's the interesting thing. And you know this as someone who runs a show. That is one of the things that we are now starting to really traverse with of like, hey, how do people creatively disagree with one yeah, another? Without being a dick or Correct. being abusive Correct. Or, or being a tyrant. Sure. Yeah. 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 And, how do, and how do people... What jokes, what takes, what things ultimately make make it on the show? Oh, that that how how do you decide what's going to be on the show? Like uh, the, the process. There's always going to be creative tension right. on collaborative sure. teams like that. So did that, that were, did you lesson. have to like apologize? Were amends is made? What happened? With well, the, with the well, your show. Well, unfortunately, the show was over by the yeah. time everybody like. Right. I mean, still yeah. apologize, right? Sure. <laughs> I wish those. I, you know what I really wish is I what? really wish the the folks who like disagreed with one another there was an opportunity because right. remember it all it, this all happened during covid right had an opportunity to come together and be like hey let's work how, it out yeah let's work this out yeah yeah like so so one of the the things that also is really interesting that i've learned is hey is the internet a good place for people to come together and work out personal disagreements specifically publicly yeah. <laughs> you mean no but you get it mark like that that's that's the one thing that, no i get yeah, it but I like wish. but 
no, you mean the internet in terms of like Zoom meetings or you mean yeah. hashing things both, out? Both Zoom meetings and hashing things out. Publicly? Or, or just, uh, you're not talking about the internet as in Twitter, because that's no place to hash out personal problems. Well, it's, that's where things are being hashed out now, either through Zoom meetings well, or through Twitter. that's where the shit has started. Yeah. So the, the question is, like, yeah. how, like, what's the responsibility as a creator? You do have to issue some sort of public recognition, or you don't. Those are the options. Right, do right. Do I cop to this or do I not? Right. And if I'm going to cop to it, do I do it publicly or do I call these people? Right. Or do, you know, I mean, right. yeah, yeah, those are questions. And I think that... For me, the the thing that I've had to learn as like a leader, someone who's on set yeah. all the time, is at any given point, there's going to be 100 plus people on set. If I'm not in the room and people are creatively disagreeing, yeah. how do I make sure as I go forward? And now I'm, you know, I'm working on different sets and I yeah. s- that are being led by different people. Yeah. How do you adjudicate those things and make sure everybody's getting how along? How do you? Have you I don't know. That? I don't know. I don't have the answer. But it's one of those things where you're just like, you're learning and growing. Sure. Have you been on sets that were more magnanimous in the sense of like, because now like I know that when I did Glow. Yeah. You know, that there's a very diverse set, you know, both, sure. uh, you know, gender wise and, and ethnicity wise. Yeah. And, and there was a predisposition to uh, 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 respect mm. that we knew this was the endeavor. Right. That it was intrinsic right. to the endeavor. Right. That you know, uh, gender and uh, ethnicity and that type of diversity. This was a safe place, and it was embraced no matter what. Right, and that was part of the nature of that show. Right. So, and then after the fact, some people were like, "I didn't feel that way." I don't know. Is that true? With yeah, Glenn? a couple of people came out and were like, "Hey, I didn't, I, I didn't necessarily feel that way. I was on the show." So th- these conversations. Oh no, well, that was a- different. That was, uh, I think, the, those were right in the writing. Correct. I'm, I, Correct. I'm, I'm more thinking about like the 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 grips. Everybody in the in the yeah thing. yeah. I think that like the people that felt misrepresented, you know, or didn't get big enough for it. Correct. Cast. I get it. Correct. So how do you? But how, that's that's and, the and goal, you, right? Exactly. And so so the disagreements fundamentally were in regards to creative. Hey, yeah, why yeah, is yeah. why is this pitch not going through? I feel like. Th- this person in my department isn't listening yeah. to me. These are these are things where. But you yeah. feel. But do you feel like there was there something you learned? You know, like like as you head into this new show, you have kids now. Yeah. Like, is there behavior that either you're carrying with you from your childhood or from your experience in in being a leader that yeah. you're like, I got to fucking change this or work on this. With I don't want to be the same as these my father was in these certain ways. Sure. I don't want to make the same mistakes again. Do you have that stuff? Sure. I think, I mean, the biggest thing that I've probably learned in this show, now this new show that I'm doing, the group is so much smaller. It's only me, a lighting designer, a stage designer, a director. But I'm talking about in five. your life. Oh, in my life. Like in your life yeah. as you, you know, you continue to create yeah. and you continue to collaborate and now you have a family. Yeah. Have Are you consciously saying... I'm not going to do this because oh, you know the big realization I've had, man. So I got, I, you know, I'm I'm married. I have two kids. I have yeah. a three year old, one year old. One of the biggest things that I've learned is like, and tell me what you think about this. It's it's something along the lines of, you know, I may not be able to change the world, but I can change my world. Right. Specifically, the yeah. agency I have in regards yeah. to like the way I interact with you, yeah. the way I interact with my wife, yeah, my kids, yeah. And those are the things that I can actively really change. Yeah, you know and, what and what are some of those things that you deal with every day where you're like, I got to not do this, I got to do this. Do you know I, what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, do you have moments with your kids where you're like, oh, I don't. Accountability, I reliability, coming through in, in ways that 
I really mean? Like, right. if I if I promise being on my wife, hey, I'm going to do this. Anger. I'm going to be back. Do I have anger? Yeah. Of course. Do you, do you, is that something you have to manage? The biggest thing, man, is is energy, man. Like, it's it's really like there's so many people and things that are pulling me in a million different directions. Right. So you have to maintain a certain compartmentalization. Yeah. And not get to the point where you're like, fuck. Correct. Correct. Yeah. But right. it's but it's ultimately like. And this is something that I've been thinking about a lot. This age that we live in where we're all kind of mini media companies and yeah. we're all like mini PR machines is signaling being a good person versus actually being a good person. Sure. That's what, yeah, sort of like, yeah, I mean, that's the big thing. Like when when you get criticism uh, and you're, you know, a representative of a pr- progressive a state of mind and also sure. uh, on a personal level what we were talking about like the act and the personal life sure you know there is those two worlds sure you know and 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 that's the thing that i, I what i've tried to do is go i want to take full responsibility for everything especially with my family yeah hey am i a good husband yeah am i a good son am yeah. i a good friend yeah ask for him yo is he a good guy like yeah. you know him he's like my brother you know what i'm saying yeah he's gonna say you're a good guy Hey, sometimes you know this. You've known comics a long time. No, I know. Like, but yeah, hey, well, man, yeah. I know Mark. Sure. Like, I actually know Mark. But like, I'll say and when Raheem he is, you know, is Hassan a good guy? He'll be like, yeah, he's a great guy. I'm like, but he's kind of like, well, sometimes. I mean, you could probably chip away, and that'll be real. <laughs> but that'll be real, and I, that's a fair assessment. Uh, yeah, yeah. Versus yeah. you, be, you have like these guys that are just like, no, no, oh, great guy. Yeah, yeah everything's being oh, si- yeah, everything be, is being signaled on Instagram a certain way, yeah, yeah. and then they're like. Yeah, he runs a show and he doesn't pay comics. Yeah, You're like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah, I know that guy. He's one of those guys. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm. Th- those are the things that I think I'm like trying to work on. Yeah, that it's like no, that's what actually matters. So, and I know that sounds like trite, but it's true. No, no, it's it's not because it all it it all builds on it. You know, like you know, I know what my specific fucking shortcomings are, what my problems are, and what I've had to work on because I've seen real world consequences. Yes. And, of of my behavior. Yeah, and you've been, you know, you've been married, you've been in relationships, you, <laughs> yeah. but you know that. You're like, hey, their assessment of me perhaps is somewhat, they really do know I, me. Yeah, I've been an asshole. Thing. There's no doubt. <laughs> I've been like a colossal asshole. And right. I, you know, but, you know, life grinds you down. Karma grinds you down. Sure. You know, humility comes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you just, you know, it's nice when it's gradual and not in one swift action. Right. <laughs> there you go. Right. You have been humbled, you fuck. <laughs> you know, it's better if it just happens subtly. Yeah. Good uh, talking to you, man. Good talking to you, man. So this is for the tour. You're you're, on, you're heading out on a big I'm tour. On tour. How are you going to yeah. balance the uh, family? That you go back, you're going back and forth. I go what back you, and forth, man. That's what I'm talking about, where you're like, how are you feeling? So I'm, you like, do I'm exhausted, like, man. But you do like, what are you doing? One, two night runs, three night runs, and then you go home? Yeah, so all, right. and then November, I'm gone all of November, so I'm going to be on the all tour bus, it. and that's going to be wild. Oh, man. you're doing yeah. the tour bus? Yeah. All theaters? Theaters. One-nighters? Theaters, and some one-nighters. LA, we're going to do a sit-down. We're here for multiple nights. Okay, where? what theater here? Microsoft Theater. I don't know, where's the that? The one in downtown LA. Oh, yeah? yeah. Nice? It's nice. So you're going to do two shows? I'm going to do two shows, yeah. All right, buddy. Yeah, maybe Mark's going to be there. I'll, well, get me. I'll come down. Just I'll, just, I'll come down. Yeah, for real? Yeah, we'll work it out. We'll work it out? Okay. okay. All right, buddy. Austin Minhaj, ladies and gentlemen. That was a rapid pace thing, huh? That was a... Whew. I had to take a break after that one. I was exhausted. You can get uh, tickets for his uh, King's Jester tour dates at his website. Now, this is, there's no tone like this guitar tone. Cranked champ. Old Fender champ. Hot rodded by the 
uh, legendary Austin Hooks. Straight in, the Stratocaster, straight in. My uh, Carlos Ruben Lopez Jr. master-built Stratocaster. Monkey and the Fonda. Cat angels everywhere. 